Well, we are very blessed today to have Duncan Crook to bring the Word of God. I am so grateful for Duncan. I am grateful. I've got uh, several folks around here I can count on to bring the Word of God, and, and uh, Duncan was gracious enough to bring it this week and allow me some time to finish up some, some schoolwork I was working on. And Duncan, is, um, he gets to tell a story that's a lot of fun. Uh, it's, uh, he's talking to us about spiritual plumbing, okay? And I'm not going to take anything away from what Duncan is going to say, except I think you're going to be blessed and challenged by this. Come on up here, Duncan. Would you guys make Duncan feel very welcome as he comes forth to bring the thank word? Thank you, thank you. Well, we'll see how blessed, right? Uh, like Michael said, all this pollen is just hits you at the most inopportune times. So, we're going to talk about plumbing. So, we're going to learn how things flow and all that kind of stuff. We're going to talk about plumbing. Is the speaker working all right? Yep. So, it's time to do some spiritual plumbing. First, I'm going to start you off with some bad news and some good news before we get started. The bad news is, you've got no hope of unclogging your soul. No hope at all. Nothing. You've got no hope. That's the truth. No sugarcoating from here. But the good news is, God has every intention of unclogging your soul and desires to do so if you allow His Spirit to come in and transform you from the inside out. And that's what we're going to talk about. Now, even if we don't know where to start or what needs to be removed, God does. If we come humbly to God asking Him to unclog our souls and cleanse our hearts, His Word promises that is exactly what he will do. So first, let me start with a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time, Lord. And uh, Lord, for some reason, I'm nervous this morning, and I don't, it's all talking about plumbing, I guess. But I thank you, Jesus. I thank you for this time. Thank you for the people that are here. And we pray, Lord, that uh, the word uh, gets out there. And uh, again, I just thank you for this time. In your name we pray, amen. Now, I know you're used to things like we open up in Scripture and we have this reading and we go through the reading and stuff, but I'm not going to do that. And I'm going to do that throughout. And hopefully it's not too much of a Bible drill for you because I've got a few verses that sort of fit what I came up with uh, when Michael asked me. Now, to be a plumber... You have to master some very practical things. You've got to really focus on things like sewage runs downhill. Cold water is supposed to. Cold water is on the right and right. Hot is on the left. Payday is on Friday. And the most important thing is don't chew your fingernails. Come on, I know. Come on now. Come on now. My uncle in England was a plumber, and he had his own business. I went to work for him one summer when I was a teenager. I did not like it. I hated it. And that's putting it mildly. I hated it. Crawling around under a house with all the spiders, and there's some really big spiders under houses. Uh, it just wasn't fun, and there's all kinds of other things under there too, but it's just not fun at all. The funny thing is how much it interests me now. I mostly work on it out of necessity, and I guess I'm just cheap. Well, let's say, that's a better word, is frugal. 
I'm frugal. And then there are plumbers' tools. Just think about all the things that plumbers have. Let me tell you, plumbers have tools for their tools when you start looking at it. They got goes into tools, they've got goes out of tools. There's twisting, cutting, cleaning, bending, burning, gluing tools, as well as crimping tools now, too. And of course, we always want more tools. <laughs> Why? And I'm dating myself now <laughs> when I do that. Most people tool Tim the tool man because we've got a job to do. Truly successful plumbers have to find the shortest, straightest line between two points and run their pipe accordingly. Water comes down the tower, through the main, into the house, and out the tap. And we tend to not think about it. Now, for no, in order for this to work, it all has to be connected to bring refreshment and cleansing to the occupants and then safely conduct the waste to where it can be appropriately handled. See how I'm dodging around all of the words for that? is appropriately handled. Just think of the diseases that plague cultures that don't do it, and you hear about them all the time. So we are lucky as a civilization to have things like that. Now, if you're not really excited by my story yet, and you're thinking, where the heck is he going with this? Hang in there, because if good plumbing is important in the natural realm, think of how much more important it is in the spiritual. The part of our house which I've been talking about in buildings and houses, which we often don't think about, and again, like I said, we don't like to think about, is just plumbing. It's a vitally important maintenance item from which we need to apply some principles to our spiritual lives. It's not something we, we prize or cherish. We don't sit around thinking about it all the time. When it doesn't work properly, we sure aren't pleased, and we know all about it, and we think, what am I going to do? It's the sewer line. It takes everything from our sinks, showers, toilets, to the city pipes or your septic tank. Mike and I are quite familiar with plumbing issues, especially in this building. Question. How do you tell if you have backed up plumbing system? I don't want to shout out answers. I don't need to hear. <laughs> no need to answer. We kind of all know what that means. We all know what, that happen what happens when you have a backed up plumbing system. I got a call a few months ago, Michael kind of intimated, from Michael asking if I happened to have a plumbing snake. Now this sharp mind sat down and thought, man, Houston, we have a problem. And when I come to the church, I see that the toilets were a little over full, which is an understatement. And yes, yuck again, nothing's fun. Michael, and I believe he said, James, his dad was helping him, and tried, they tried plunging and plumbing and using liquid helpers to no avail. Nothing was working. When I got here, we went around the building looking if we could see anything glaring. The short answer was no. So we went down underneath the building here and looked for all the cleanouts, and we checked out all the cleanouts. <coughs> Excuse me. So I looked for a clean-out and instantly knew that we, me, would have to unscrew the clean-out to see what was going on. As I was slowly unscrewing, the Lord gave me a sign that the pipes were completely blocked and flowing in the wrong direction. It was a sign. It was a sign. So I went ahead and got a large container. We placed it on top of something, thinking that when it's going to splash if this comes out. So we tried to lift it up as high as we could. 
and, it's, and unscrewed the clean up, uh, the clean out all the way. Okay, but, Duncan, you unscrewed it, but who was holding the poo bucket? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to that. Who was holding the bucket? <laughs> well, well, that when opened it up, the floodgates literally opened up. And there was no parting of the seas. It opened up. Between the floodgates flowing and Michael in the background. <laughs> I knew he would argue that one, but he was in the background going, oh gosh, oh gosh, oh gosh. I was like, I know you were. You've got to give me some break in the writing of this. Come on. Yeah. It's artistic license. <laughs> but put it this way, it just wasn't pleasant. And I saw lots of shockly material coming through. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's all right, it's all right, sorry. Uh, <laughs> in the end, and after all the work, Michael still needed to get a plumber out to professionally take care of the problem and clean out the pipes. After all this, Michael and I did rock, paper, scissors to see who could use it as an illustration. I won, I think. <laughs> I think I won. I think what I said was, whoever has the most stuff on them at the end gets to use it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, that was me, by the way. As I was thinking about all that happened a bit later on, I pictured the drain spewing out all the stuff and thought, that's what I do from time to time. I would, and I'm certain many of you would think that you do the same. Let things cause a blockage in our lives, and now filth is beginning to overflow. I've let some negative feelings, bad attitudes, and complaining begin to surface. God was showing me that these things were like a bad sewage stench to his nostrils. All of us have junk in our life that we need to be flushing out regularly. We need to be sure that negative thoughts, offenses, disappointments, wrong actions, and attitudes and other sins are cleaned out and sent down the drain. If we hold on to such things, we will be unhealthy and we will be a total mess. And we are a total mess when it happens. Having sin in your heart is like a spiritual cancer that you need to avoid. It's an open door for the enemy to come in to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Those are strong words, but that is exactly what happens. It'll hinder the healing and stop you from being made whole. Living in sin will cause others not to see the love of God in you. It is a spiritual blockage in your heart that has taken you captive by the devil's will. I'm going to have to get a drink of water here, sorry. <coughs> Speaking of pollen. Thank you. Now, there can be a variety of problems that can cause a backup. Now, if you talk to plumbers, plumbers will say, for most people, it's roots. They're often the primary issue. Roots get into your system, and they just keep growing through, and the roots will catch other objects that should be able to flow freely down the pipe. Really. So we have to deal with the roots in our life. So what do we do? So what are some of the roots that we may have? Some of the roots that block our clean drain include... Selfishness, bitterness, rejection, evil thoughts. I'm sure you can think of others. 
Once an initial backup is created, it only gets worse. As more junk accumulates at that point, it's allowed to go on, if it's allowed to go on very long, then the junk backs up into the house. And well, we all have an idea or can imagine what that's like, or it's even happened to you, what that's like. We realize that we have a problem in our spiritual life, though we realize. We will often try to fix the problem through some external means without actually addressing the real issue. And I would say, guys do this a lot. They'll try to fix it before, you know, and doing it all the way without getting all those things, without going to the doctor, without doing all these other things. We may even convince ourselves that if we just read a verse in the Bible, pray a short prayer, or even attend a church service, our spiritual problem will just disappear. It'll go away. In time, we may even start to accept the spiritual problem, not wanting to get to the root of the problem, and as well, not wanting to call upon the plumber, meaning our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because if we call the plumber, then we're giving up. We can fix this. Consequently, our spiritual progress continues to degrade And at times we become spiritually clogged. So what are we to do? The solution to unclogging the spiritual debris in our life is that we must first turn to the Lord and acknowledge that we have a spiritual problem. Our spiritual problem may be that we have forsaken the daily walk with the Lord. We may have unconfessed sin. We may have allowed the world to overshadow our relationship with the Lord. And we may have lost our first love of the Lord causing our joy to go by the wayside. But be reminded here, all of these things are fixable. It's all fixable. There is always hope. With that in mind, we should all take an appraisal of our hearts. We should look at our hearts. Do we have any potential blockages or obstructions? So first, I'm going to start with Luke chapter 6, verse 45. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Can't be more clearer than that. Being good is more than doing good. You've got to watch your motives. Acting good's easy. And behaving good is easy. Being good is quite another story. The young man looked good on the outside. He kept all the commandments. But the challenge given by Jesus exposed what was on the inside. The Lord says, good things will come out of the good stored up in our heart. What we really need to focus on is not to do many good deeds, but rather to cultivate a good heart. When you have a good heart, you'll bring forth good things. But when you do good deeds, it doesn't always flow from a good heart. We can become hypocritical. (coughs) In the Bible, goodness is more than just good deeds. It has to do with good motives. So you've got to focus on being good. You've got to examine your heart. It has to do with good motives. Bless you. Focus on being good. Examine your heart. Paul urges the Corinthians to do that each time they come uh, for the communion. I don't think I did a slide for this, but it's in 1 Corinthians 11.28. 
Paul basically says each person should examine themselves before eating the bread that represents Christ's body and drinking the cup that represents his blood. Then, when confident that they are not doing so in an unworthy way, we, should present, those present should eat and drink, but not before then. When you take care of your being good, that's walking in closeness with God, doing good will come. It'll step forward, it'll come. Let's take a look at another few scriptures here. Philippians chapter 2, verse 14. Great. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. We never grumble or argue, do we? I'm, I can't even look at my wife at this point. I never grumble, or even Lucy right now. I can't even, I can't do that. Just sounds like us. I mean, we're just honestly good, good people. I like the, uh, I found a description in, uh, on a website called BibleReference.com. And the, the verse, it says, is short but clear and difficult to misunderstand. The command word do is the first Greek word in the statement, adding emphasis to the mandate. The direction is given without exceptions, aiming the intent at everything a believer does. The immediate context is work within the local church and the body of believers. However, the intent is clearly meant to include all of a Christian's life. The, the, the idea of without grumbling is from a Greek, word, a Greek term, and I'm going to butcher it, gong is mon. And all I kept thinking about that is it sounds like a video game. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> gong is mon. I just like saying it. And it deals with murmuring or complaining. Those who live to please God should refrain from complaining about serving Christ. We serve in fear and trembling, not grumbling and disputing. Fear and trembling, not grumbling or disputing. The idea of disputing includes arguments and quarrels. Those who serve the Lord should not be known for arguing, but for humble service. A biblical example of the result of complaining can be found in Numbers chapter 13 and 14. And we're not going to read all of that, but I'll give you an overview. What's the most difficult thing you ever had to do to keep the Lord's commandments or receive promised blessings from him? Just think about that. Why did you do it? What would have happened if you hadn't? When the Lord delivered the Israelites from Egypt, he said he would lead them into the land of Canaan which was a land promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and their posterity forever. After many miracles and over a year of difficult travels in the wilderness, and you should read those two chapters, it's pretty interesting, the Israelites finally arrived at the borders of this promised land. So now Numbers 13 and 14 tells the story of 12 men from each tribe who were sent to find out what the land looked like and who lived there, what was going on. We also read about their report to the people and what the people decided to do about what they heard. And like I said, you should read it. As you read these two chapters, ask yourself the following question. When faced with what seems to be a very difficult task from the Lord, do I react with fear or with faith? The Israelites complained repeatedly in the wilderness despite God's generous provisions. The result was judgment rather than reward for the obedience. 
it's just interesting. I mean, when you think of them, it was over a year that they were traveling in the desert like that, too. So, I mean, it's kind of difficult not to complain as a human, as a complainer, excuse me. <clears throat> so Psalm 38, 37, uh, verse 8. Is that one up there? Yep. Stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Do not lose your temper. It only leads to harm. It's just like the last one, we're never angry, are we? I'm never angry. James, you're never angry, are you? No, see, he shook his head. See? During an argument in the heat of the moment, sometimes we say things we don't mean and may later regret. And, and I will add and have to go and apologize a lot when you're like that. I know that from personal experience. We let our anger get the best of us and we lose control of our emotions. Anger in itself is not necessarily a sin, but how we handle that anger and letting it control us is where we cross the line. The Bible, tells, the Bible says that one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. And so with the help of the Lord, we must learn to control our emotions. I don't know about you, but I need help in that area. I constantly need help in that area. My help is usually my wife and the way she looks at me when I do something silly. <clears throat> In order to learn to control our anger, we should first acknowledge it and then pray about it, confessing our weaknesses to God and asking him to help us deal with us and any underlying issues that may be causing our anger to surface in this way. There's always something. There's something in the background and it just creeps up on you and it just hits you. And you think, where did that come from? But at that moment, people are saying, where did that come from? But you're thinking, I'm going with this. So Ephesians 4.26, we'll jump at now. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. Like I said, I really try hard at this. I focus on this. I try hard. It slips by sometimes. I have an illustration here. A husband comes home from work. You just imagine somebody working in a factory, working really hard. Uh, he already is having a lot of tension in his work. They t you know, the family talked and argued because of some family issues. Instead of finishing the argument and carry on in life, they got to bed with it. They went to bed. The husband faces the east, and the wife faces the west. There's this big gap in between them. They're literally calling the devil to sleep in between them. I know it sounds pretty tough, but it is exactly what happens. It just builds. You're both stubborn and don't want to give up or lose the argument. And what we need to do is change that attitude. God does not want us to behave in a stubborn manner when we are angry. He wants us to talk openly and finish it before the night. You can talk it out. You can talk it out between people. And that's some of the problem, I think, in the country right now, is people don't sit down and just talk. You can have opposing views, but you need to talk. Ephesians 4.31. There we go. So Ephesians 4. 31 says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Golly, man, all these things are really clear, aren't they? There seems to be no gray area. There's no focusing on any gray areas in this. It just tells you right out. I'm looking for like a way to hide between them sometimes, but you can't. The Apostle Paul does not give us an inch of wiggle room when it comes to the sin of anger. Let all, 
bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. He repeats the word all twice for emphasis. Getting rid of all except a little bit of anger isn't good enough. You can't justify it by saying, well, I'm only human. Everyone gets angry, but I'm on the top end of the curve. We need to call it what the Bible calls it. Anger is a sin. We can't tolerate a little bit of sin in our lives. Paul says that we must put away all of it. For instance, King David did not realize that he had a spiritual problem in his life. Though he had an affair with Bathsheba, he thought he was good. In fact, it could be stated that he became accustomed to his spiritual condition, for he had not addressed it before the Lord. When the prophet Nathan pointed out the problem, I I can imagine his face. David immediately turned to the Lord in repentance. Notice David's heartfelt prayer, and we're going to read this one. Psalm 51, 1 through 12. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned. We're going to stop for a minute and pray for the people that are going by. Dear Heavenly Father, we, uh, we hear the sirens, and you know, it's part of our custom here is if we just pray for the people, and we have a heartfelt uh, prayer that uh, whatever is happening out there, that everything's good, and uh, it's that, you know, just everything's good, Lord. And you, you're, you follow the hands of the people that are helping, whoever and whatever's going on in your name. Amen. So back up a little bit. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me, yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Now, as you can see in this, David had to get the spiritual debris out of his life before he could have a free-flowing spirit. It needed to flow. So how do we resolve root issues? What do we do? Even though the blockage is unseen on the surface, everything looks good. Out of sight, out of mind. That won't last very long at all. Eventually, things are going to implode into a stinky mess that leaves everything in a disarray. It may come out at the most inopportune time. Not that any time to have a mess is opportune. Step one always seems to require admitting there's a problem. That's tough sometimes. The problem's with you, isn't it? Not me. We can ignore it, hope that it goes away, avoid talking about it, deny that the problem is there, and live in ignorant bliss. However, the root won't vanish on its own. Until you're willing to deal with the issue, it'll just continue to build up 
And then there's a problem. Houston, there's a problem. Blockages need to be removed to prevent the backup happening again. And sometimes you have to do deep cleaning and some cutting to keep the blockages out. Then you have to do regular maintenance. It's not a one and done type of cleaning. Now a verse I found will help to start the day. Psalm 139, 23, 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Then, just sit and listen to what the Lord is saying to you. I've, I've always struggled with that, sitting and listening. Anybody that knows me knows I don't sit very well. <clears throat> when you do a heart check, the Holy Spirit will convict you of areas that need some spiritual plumbing. He will detect and show you your blockages. Now, as I said, Michael and I tried to use a little drain auger. I came along with a drain auger. It only somewhat worked. He needed to contact a professional to fix the problem. We also have a professional that we can turn to. Confession, repentance, and the word of God will clear away any blockages because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. And it's, it's any. It's not just some. It's not little bits. It's any. Any blockages can be cleared away. Acts 3.19 <clears throat> Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. To come before the Lord, we all need to repent from our sins that we have committed. We cannot get the touch of the Lord until we come before him with a repentant heart. While the people look at our outer body, God looks at our hearts. Our sins will be forgiven only when we surrender ourselves and we will repent for all our evil doings. And you have to repent. While our flesh will never stop, fully stop warring against our redeemed souls in this broken world, the more we live as one's aware of this tension, the more we can be used in life-saving ways. Now, not because less sin means we're loved more and better than others or are more deserving of God's grace, but because death to sin always leads to life and freedom. A spiritual plumbing job, though potentially difficult at times, enables us to be more clearly hear the Spirit's voice and see our Savior's face. If you don't do those things, you get clouded vision. Whether in the loud storms, the drenching rains, or the contrary winds, we are able to press on for the prize with excitement in our hearts, pursuing things unseen as we walk in the steps of our Lord. The question is for all of you here, and me, do you suffer from a spiritually clogged life? If you do, you need to turn to the master plumber. The Lord can and will get your spirit flowing freely, and he will restore the joy of his salvation in your life. But be careful on what you put down the drain in the future, for it might become clogged up again, and that's why you need to keep this as a continuous motion. <clears throat> that's basically what I have as I'm going to pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. I thank you for the message, Lord. I thank you for the time that I was able to spend on this and self-reflect. Um, and Lord, have us think about the things that clog our lives and then turn you to Turn to you to be refreshed. Refreshed is such a great word, and it is. We all want a refreshing, Lord, and I thank you.
for the times that we can be refreshed. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Duncan. So, just to clarify on some of the illustrations. <laughs> no, Duncan really, he did, he did most of the work. I was just mostly the guy holding the bucket. Um, you know, and I felt like that was a contribution, being the bucket uh, man catching, well, catching what needed to be caught. Thank you, Duncan, so much for bringing the word today. And uh, I, I needed to hear that. I've, I felt a little clogged sometimes in my heart. And we all need that. We need to go to the Lord. And, and I'm just going to go to the Lord in prayer. And we'll end it just like that. And, and may the Lord work in our hearts. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your love and your goodness and your faithfulness to come and help us work through the, the worst things going on in our hearts. Lord, the me and Duncan got to share kind of a plumbing disaster, but it's nothing compared to the mess that goes on in our hearts sometimes. And I pray you will be that master plumber and come through and, and clear out those blockages in our heart. I lo Lord, I pray that we will learn to forgive the people who have wronged us, to forgive ourselves. Lord, to turn away from anything evil or dark lord not not to set before our eyes anything that should not be there or allow anything to grow in our hearts that should not be there we give it all to you and we praise you in jesus name amen amen now duncan said something to me after he turned off his mic you didn't hear that probably he said michael i hope that wasn't too short the only problem with it being short is they'll expect me to go short next time but some of y'all know better than that but uh, god bless you thank you for being here today i hope you have a wonderful wonderful day and and lord willing we'll we'll catch you next time take care <laughs>